a once in a lifetime. You need to never stop improving. A constant focus on individual growth. How will you be financially free? Welcome to the Empower Podcast. We're going to get the ball rolling now that we are all here. It's 2.05. We got 25 participants in. I know there's big groups watching always, so I'm sure we have plenty of people here. Guys, I'm super stoked for this call. I'm excited to hear what our great closer has to offer today. I'm excited to be here with Cody. Cody's got a new mustache coming in hot. Same old mustache. Same old mustache. And so we're all here stoked to get started. Mickle, are you on the call? Mickle the pickle. Yes, I'm right here. Mickle, good to see you, dude. Are you somewhere you can take turn your camera on so that everyone can see who you actually are? Sure. Let's all right. See. He's in the shower. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I'm just in the shower right now. Yeah, that'd be great if you turn your camera on. Hey, there we go. <clears throat> Guys, go. this is Mickle Vasquez. Everybody, if you don't know him, now you know. Mickle, I'm stoked to talk to you, dude. It looks like you're sitting in a nice new Tesla, by the way. Yeah, I am sitting in a Tesla. It's not new. <laughs> it looks nice. You got the white interior. Everything is on a Model 3? Yeah. That's sick, dude. Well, guys, I want to let Mikkel introduce himself, and I'm going to fill in the gaps with everything he misses. So, Mikkel, tell us a little bit about you, dude. I don't think a lot of people in the company know you. You're pretty new to the company. You've been on since January, right? Yeah. And you've just been yeah, in Southern so, California. Um, so, I, uh, I've been doing sales for four years. Um mainly phone sales um, at Bivit. Um, it was pretty successful there. Uh, then Kate hit me up with the opportunity to come do solar. Um, and I'd been wanting to kind of stretch my legs from there. I'd been kind of, I was getting bored. I was doing the same thing every day. Uh, I was making great money, but I was just really bored. <laughs> and so talked to my dad, talked to my mom, and... Just wanted to change things up, so I decided to come out and uh, try doors. <laughs> um, most of my friends actually do door-to-door right now. Uh, they all do security, uh, but I kind of wanted to step away from you know home security. And I saw that Cade was, Cade and Carson were actually super successful, and um, you know I trust Cade. He's a really good friend of mine, and so I was like, you know what, I'm going to take the leap for it, and I, and I did it. <laughs> Dang, dude. I can't wait to dive deeper into that because there's so much to that story, right? That transition was big. But, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot we can talk about there. So you're from Utah, right? I mean, you're from Orem area or where are you from? Yeah, originally from Orem, yep. Okay, so grew up in Utah. How old are you right now? 20, I just turned 23. 23. So you've been doing Vivint phone sales for smart home for security systems from like 18 to 22? Yeah. Is that pretty much what it was? So four years straight. Dang. Okay, cool. And then after you, you were there, you were doing really, really well. I heard about you all the time, Mikkel. But even before you started working here, Cade would yeah. tell me about you and say, dude, we've got this guy named Mikkel, one of my good buddies. I wish he could come. I wish we could have him. Like, he's just doing really well. He's pretty comfortable there, so I'm not sure if he'll come or not. Like, I heard about you for months to come <laughs> before you actually showed up here. So we're stoked to have you. What was that like? I mean, you were in a very, when you were at Vivint, guys, he was, you were making six figures a year. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you, were, you had a six-figure job. It was fairly comfortable. From what I heard, it was a lot of on the phone playing Fortnite at the same time. Is that true yeah, or is that a rumor? really comfortable. <laughs> really comfortable. I did whatever I wanted. I, I, I had a free schedule. Like I, I mean, I still had a schedule, but they really didn't mind what I did. Like, I could, as long as I was there and getting sales like they were happy with me I played Fortnite I I really I was just chilling <laughs> um, but I really wanted to take it to the next level uh, income wise and then as well as like I said I, I wanted to feel uncomfortable I was very comfortable where I was at and I, I was just getting kind of bored dude and that's super admirable honestly like yeah. I think it's always cool when somebody gets out of their comfort zone when they're in a good spot already right yeah I mean you were 22 and single with yep. very little expenses, a hundred grand a year or more was definitely enough for you, probably. Oh yeah, I bought my first house when I was twenty-one. I mean, I earned enough money to put twenty percent down on the house. Um, so I, twenty-one, bought my first house, and I mean, drove fun cars and did fun things. Totally, <laughs> I had plenty of money to do everything I wanted. For sure, I remember when I first met Mikkel, guys. I think he rolled up in a Raptor, a Ford Raptor. <laughs> 
I think his yeah. outfit was worth more than like my car that he was wearing, whatever it was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he had a dirt bike in the back that's worth more than my house. Like, Mikkel was in a good spot. When he showed up here, he was not hurting. Living bougie. Living bougie, but you were still pushing for more and still wanting more and wanting to get out of your comfort zone. And I remember I was super impressed with you when we were talking because our first ever meeting, I think you came in and met with me, right? And Brandon or something? Yeah, me, you, Brandon, and, and uh, my buddy. And so us four were all sitting down, and you essentially said, you know what, I'm ready to give it all up and try something new. Even if I fail, I want to try it, and I want to grow. And how were your first two weeks out here doing solar, doing door-to-door? -door? How was that transition? Dude, that sucked. Like, it was the <laughs> worst thing. I was going to go home. I literally, first day on the job, I, I think you can ask one of the guys that I was shadowing, I actually ran away from a door. Like, I was that scared of knocking. I was so uncomfortable. It wasn't even, I I called my mom that night. I was like, I, I hate this. Like, I'm coming home. Um, and obviously, I just said that, but I, I kept going back to work every day and trying it. And, I mean, later that week, I think I pulled 11 bills in one day. Dang. So, yeah, it, it, it was rough at first, though. Like, I really hated it. <laughs> So you went from your first day you ran away from a door, literally ran away from a door, yep. and didn't want to knock, call your mom, saying you hate it, like saying you want to come home, saying life was horrible, and then you kept on pushing, and later that week you pulled 11 bills in one day. Yep. Wow. And now you've been out there. Did you go out there in January, or was it February? When did you go? Uh, beginning of February. Beginning of February. Okay. So it's been February, March, April. You're about to end your third month, really? And I know you've taken some vacations. I saw you were in Hawaii just barely with some buddies. And I know you've been around a little bit. But how much money have you made or are you forecasted to make from the February till now? So I just, uh, a little bit, about 110. Wow. So, I mean, I know last year at Vivint you made that money, maybe a little bit more even. But you've done that yeah. in three months, your first three months. Yeah, and I was uh, setting for the first three weeks. Dang, that is insane, dude. Seriously. So what's your goal this year income-wise? Like, if you've done that in three months, what are you shooting for? I'm shooting for 500. 500. So would that make the switch worth it from Vivint? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would make it well worth it. Yeah, make it well worth it. Make three times more or whatever it is. Yeah. So, dang, that's so cool, man. So now you're probably happy you stayed, but the first two weeks you hated your life. How'd you push yeah. through it? What'd you do? I mean... Cade, he's a great manager. He was very motivating. I had um, a lot of talks with him. <laughs> um, and then just a lot of training. I trained by myself a lot. I read over the script a ton. Um, you know, went over a bunch of scenarios, practiced with my team, you know. Um, and that just with that, kind of got better. <laughs> wow. So you just talked to your manager. You really leaned on your leaders. You leaned on your friends. And you started practicing harder. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I came out here, I'll be honest, uh, I'm not prepared. I didn't practice the pitch as much as I should have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the first week for sure was me just getting the pitch down. And like I said, Kate helped me out a lot with that. Yeah. I mean, I don't want, not in, a, in the nicest way possible, do you feel like you came out here a little bit prideful? Like, man, I don't need to study, oh, I don't yeah. need to try. Like, I've been doing sales no, forever. I, yeah, I for sure did. I, uh, you know, m most of my summer buddies always said, oh, summer, like, you can't do summer. Like, it's easy. Like, it's, you know, it's whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm great salesman. I've been, you know, very successful in what I've done. I, I can do really good, you know. I'm going to do fine. But no, man, I definitely, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> I got shut down real quick. <laughs> and I think that's a lesson to all of us is sometimes when you come out, it's going to suck. And like, no matter how good you think you are or how, like, how much experience you have in sales or whatever else, it's going to be hard. It's going to be rough. But what you do when it gets tough is what defines you, yep. in my opinion, right? Like, it's hard for everyone. Like, it wasn't easy for me. It wasn't for Cody when he sold. It wasn't for you. It wasn't for Kate. Like, no one said it was easy at the beginning. But the guys that are great are the ones that know it's hard and they fix it, right? Yeah. And for you, that's, like, so impressive that you would – start studying harder, not less. I think oftentimes yeah. guys get out there and they start trying to work hard and they fail and they fall on their face and they have a rough couple of days and they lose motivation. You gained motivation. 
it sounds like a little bit. Yeah, I for sure did. I, I honestly had a lot of people to prove wrong. So that was one big thing that like fueled me. Yeah. What would you say your other whys are besides proving people wrong? Um, a big why is like, I really wanted a lot more time. Like, uh, my previous job, like if I took any time off, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be making any money. So I like traveling a lot. A lot of my friends travel a lot. We, you know, we take big trips. So for me, it was, you know, being able to take time off during the off season that most of my friends have, you know, during after summer and I wanted to travel more. Um, you know, enjoy the money I had and like do things with it instead of just, uh, you know, I, I was making a ton of money, but I didn't have the time. Mm. So I think with this, like it, it's going to give me the time I want to be able to like travel, you know, chill, look into other, uh, you know, things for my future as far as like businesses and stuff like that. Do you kind of have like a timeline of how you want to play the year out? Like work three months off, take a month off, or like is it just kind of sporadic? What does your schedule look like for the rest of the year? I mean, the rest of the year, it's I'm going to work until um, October right now. That's the goal. And then after that, I'm still debating on what's next. Dang, it's crazy to think that you can make 500 grand, and that's a reality, right? That's not even far-fetched, really, in my opinion. <laughs> like that is very yeah. attainable. This week, you told me you closed an 18-kilowatt system. Yep. <laughs> a $90,000 deal. That is so cool. So, I mean, you're, you're in the right direction, right? Every day, you're working harder. You're getting better and better and better. Have you noticed that you're vastly better than you were at the beginning? Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, huge Yeah, I'm more confident. Uh, I just have a lot more knowledge about solar in general. So, yeah. <clears throat> Whenever I'm in recruiting meetings, I always tell people, especially, I mean, these days, I meet with a lot of people to come out here and sell. Like I met with you, right, and some of the leaders. And I always talk to our leaders about recruiting and try and teach them that, guys, year one in solar is great, but year two in solar is really great, right? Like yeah. that's like the real year. And I always show pest or security guys the side-by-side -side of year one to year two to year three if they stay in pest or stay in security or come over with us. And I always explain year one might be close. It might be comparable, right? I don't know. But year two, there is no chance that you keep up with a solar guy. And yeah. you're kind of in year two, summer-wise, because you kind of did your first summer the last three and a half months that you've been out here. And then you're doing your second summer now, almost, right? Because these guys just do summers. Yep. And so the next four months, I guarantee you, will be double or triple what your last four or three months was. Yeah, and I've seen that in my leaders, just like Kate and Carson themselves. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not, not trying to give out any numbers, but, like, just seeing what they've made, like, they they're gonna double what they made last year you know totally and i, I remember can, yeah I, know, I see that and when i recruited carson i told him that actually that was a huge learning curve and carson i'll never forget it he had a notebook written down of all of his life in pest control and he's like dude i just don't think so it's not penciling out like i think the <laughs> pest control is gonna be where i have to stay and i had yeah. to like harp on him like dude no you can do it like your tool your three will be so so much bigger <laughs> and it is and for you i feel the same way so, I mean, I'm sure your goal is to stay out there till October and then next year probably run your own team or something. Yeah, Jim, that's the goal. You guys, this is Carson. That's 100% real. I <laughs> cannot agree anymore. That is a true story, right, Carson? Do you remember that? 100%, yeah. Year two is, year two is crazy. That's awesome. I love that. So I'm glad Carson's listening up. Even the studs still on here to learn more. So, Nickel, I'm sure that's your plans for the future is to try and lead a team next year, et cetera. But I want to talk about the transition you've made from, from February till now because I think you're at the point that everybody's trying to get to, right? Every new rep. They're trying to get past that whole curve of setting, then learning how to self-gen. And now, are you taking other people's appointments? Are you running appointments? Are you just self-gen? Or what are you doing right now? I'm taking other people's appointments right now, yeah. So you've kind of proved yourself as a self-gen guy already and shown that you can close deals, and now you're on to other people's appointments. And I'm sure still setting a little bit yourself, but most, mostly going to appointments. Yeah, I'm still trying to self-gen. I self-gen one last week, so I'm trying as much as I can. But, yeah, with appointments and follow-ups, you know, you get kind of caught up. Nice. So I'm curious, this might be kind of a hard question, but when it came to setting, self-gen, and closing, at what point in setting, self-gen, and closing during that process for each of those three blocks, 
at what point were you like, dude, I've got this. It makes sense. It all clicked for you. Like how long did it take? Would you say? Um, I got pushed into self joining pretty quickly. I, I set for three weeks. Um, and honestly, Kay just really wanted me self joining cause he expected a lot out of me, <laughs> which I'm, I'm glad he did. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I actually had to go to a Spanish uh, deal because I set a Spanish lead, but no one in our office can close, you know, speak Spanish except for me. So um, I uh, set it, and he's like, dude, you're going to have to go to it. Like, you're the only one to speak Spanish. So um, I went to it, and I closed it. <laughs> wow. So uh, then I became a setter. Um, I didn't know anything about setting. I actually called Cade over to help me close it because I had no idea on how to do paperwork. Um, you know, nothing. So I set it and then I closed that. And from there, I just, it took me about a week uh, or two weeks to kind of learn how to set a uh, close after that. Um, and then I felt comfortable with closing. And even now I'm still learning how to close. Like, I think you can learn something every day, you know, um, like I'll listen to these calls and, you know, take something from it and go, Oh, you know, that's way better than what I'm saying, or that's a way better approach. So um, I feel like on closing, I'm still learning. And I think why you're doing so well is you are still learning. I totally agree with that. We always are still learning. But why you're doing so well is you're willing to go in there and kind of fake it till you make it a little bit, right? Yeah, I'll, I'm 100%. Yeah, I uh, I tell kids this every day. I'm like, dude, I totally didn't know the answer, but I uh, was very confident in what I said. And, uh, and not exactly lying, but I'm uh, I definitely like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just – faking it totally you know, knowing, like i'm the i know the most about solar <laughs> for sure and I, as long as the customer thinks you know more than they do they're usually going to be okay right exactly you don't need to know everything but i think so many self-gen guys or closers don't know the answer to every single question and that kills them right yeah and that you don't need to know everything like i like i said i'm still learning a lot of things Till right now, as of right now. Totally. And and again, it's not that you're lying or that you're being unethical. You just don't act so unsure about everything, right? You don't act so up in the night. You don't want to be unsure because if you're unsure, then the customer starts to question if you even know what you're talking about, you know? Totally. So everything that you were correct about or you knew, it is no longer valid. Totally. Yeah, you lost that validity with everything else you've said. Once you have that first stutter step of like, oh, I don't know, Cody, do you think, I don't know, I can't remember. And it's okay yep. if you call your manager in a close, that's fine, just be confident about it. Oh yeah, 100%, I've called Cade multiple times um, and he's, you know, helped me through the deal or, you know, he, cause it, you know, the customer is gonna like you being honest. I mean, even if you don't know the answer and you call your manager, you know, you're being honest. They're totally. gonna respect that. Totally. You just got to make them know that you do everything you said at that point is 100% correct. And if you don't know, you'll have a confident answer from somebody else. Correct. Right. And so I think that that's the biggest learning curve in sales for people is a little bit of sales and a little bit of life is just kind of going with the flow. Like you don't know everything. I mean, even my job, like right now I'm the VP of sales, right, of a larger company at this point, And I don't know everything. I don't know what I'm doing every day. I don't have every answer. Like... Literally half yeah. my job is just trying to keep it all together and trying to keep the ball rolling in the right direction. And it's okay every once in a while, as, but as long as I keep on trying my best and be confident, it works out. It seems to, yep. right? And I'll call yep. and I'll ask for advice and help and meet and read and study. And I try and grow every day, but that's what we need to be as setters or closers is willing to be confident, but still learning. I think that's the hardest thing. So I'm curious, Mikkel, when you started setting what's one thing that you wish you because at this point on this call we have setters and closers so i'm trying to get everybody to learn something and so when you were setting at what point were you like dude i wish i would have known that from the beginning i wish i would have done that from the beginning is there one thing that you wish you would have known right when you started that you learned later the yeah i mean one thing is like i the customer doesn't know what you're there to do so if you mess up on your pitch like or you're worried about not saying the right thing they don't know what you're there to say or do right so i mean if you act like it comes back to being confident in what you're saying like they're you know it's going to go with the flow as long as you go towards that bill whatever you say prior to that i mean they don't know you know they don't know our pitch they don't know the script nothing so like if you're confident when you go up to a door and you you know you get the bill like and ask for the bill confidently like 
You don't have to have the script down. So you wish you would have understood that at the beginning. Like you wish you would have taken yeah, that to heart I, a little bit more. I thought that I had to have the script 100% down to be successful and whatever. And and as I, you know, two weeks into knocking, I'm like, you know what? I, I could honestly say some random stuff and still as long as you were confident and you were connecting with that homeowner, having a conversation, a lot of the times it's still pull bill. That's interesting. So again, it just goes back to don't like don't be so hard on yourself. Don't try to be perfect. Just try and be yourself a little bit. They don't know what you're doing, what you're doing right or wrong. Exactly. I hear that a lot from musicians too. They always say, I mean, I play the piano and the guitar. I'm not very good. I'm not a great musician, but I can do it. But I've noticed when I stop in the middle of the song or when I stop playing or when I stop, when I make it obvious, then it's all of a sudden weird right yeah and then all of a sudden it's awkward then all of a sudden it's like oh this guy sucks whereas before yep. they don't even know how to play piano they don't even know how to play the guitar like to them it's great still and i think sometimes because you know the way it's supposed to sound or supposed to look that you change or you stutter yep. or you stop or you think or you say oh sorry i messed yep. that up and they're like wait you messed what up right like they don't even know what you're talking about like they don't even know yep. you have a pitch they think you're just there doing some ten dollar an hour job talking to them about nothing or whatever <laughs> exactly so we've got to remember that. What about with closing? What about with self Jenny? What's one thing you wish you would have known from the beginning? Uh, I mean, it goes back to the same thing, man. You just got it. Like I, when I went into closing, I'm like, I have to have my pitch deck down. I got to, you know, know exactly like every single thing about solo, like know what I'm even selling. And you don't, I mean, I, my first month self Jenny, I like closed eight, seven deals and I didn't have, any knowledge on solar didn't even know what i was talking about like the so i it just goes back to you don't have to know everything you know totally so now what's your schedule look like every day what are you doing like how does your morning till night every day usually look like for you so i mean wake up uh our team hits the gym um we come back have breakfast um you know have team meetings and then from there we're on the doors around 11 um, if I have appointments, I'm going to appointments. If I don't have any appointments, I'm knocking. Uh, and then from there we are, I mean, I'm normally in appointments around eight, nine. And then after that, I come home, going to run and I'm in bed, <laughs> Dang, so uh, working, doing decks in bed and stuff. So you work out twice a day. You work out twice a day. Uh, yeah, we are, I run at night, uh, and then lift in the morning is this a 75 hard thing or something or what's this about no it's just something our office right now uh me and you know kyle yeah uh, are doing now that's awesome dude so you wake up every time like the same time every morning i'm guessing ish mm -hmm. and yeah. then you go work out they will have breakfast and have a team meeting usually is there team meetings every morning or how often are team meetings uh we have like two or three team meetings a week okay cool so sometimes you have it sometimes you don't but either way you're on the doors by about the same time every day yeah I'm sure you've noticed, like, how big is consistency? Like, how important is that? Uh, it's it's pretty important. I feel like that, like, when I went to Hawaii a couple weeks ago, coming back, like, it felt kind of weird because I was off schedule, I felt like. Like, I, it took me a second to get back. And I think it's very important when it comes to, like, this job. Um, it can get repetitive in a way, but you talk to different homeowners every day, so it's very different every day. But yeah, I think being consistent as far as scheduling, docking, like that's very important. And I feel like I hear from a lot of guys, like everyone can have one big week, right? Like everyone can do it right once for a week, but it seems like what separates kind of like the men from the boys are the ones that can do it over and over and over again. They can have yeah. consistent big weeks. So they're closing 20 a month, not just like six in a week once and then nothing ever again type of thing, yeah. right? And so you got to stay consistent. you got to stay hungry. Cody sent out a video yesterday that was all about alligators. Oh, yeah. Right, you want to share that real fast? Who was that? Was that Ed? I don't know who the video was, but you, you oh, sent e. it out. Oh, E.T. is E.T. Yeah, so it was this guy named E.T. He's like a, oh, is he still on? I think he's still there. Yeah, he's still there. There he is. Oh, sorry, guys. Picking his nose real quick. So, yeah, it's this guy named E.T. He's a motivational speaker. And he's talking to like this group of athletes and he said, I could kill a crocodile with my bare hands. And they're all like, what the heck? Like, you're just some short little black guy. You can't kill no crocodile. And he was like, the reason why I can kill a crocodile with my bare hands is because crocodiles right after they eat and right after they get full, 
they enter some kind of like mental trance where they're just like super chill and super docile and non-aggressive. And that's when like things like jaguars can attack them and actually kill them. Like there's videos all over the internet of jaguars like straight up killing crocodiles. Damn. But he said, uh, he was just talking about how you got to stay hungry. And like, if you stay hungry, then you'll always be able to attain that next level. It's when you, especially in the solar coaster, right? You hit all those deals. You hit your 110 grand after three months, dude. And you're like bouncing to Hawaii or just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, like people will take it easy, right? Like that was the biggest issue in my office. I feel like is last year people would start making money. Like the setters would make a little bit of change, dude. And they're like, all right, I'm going to kick back. I'm not going to work eight hours, you know, or all right, I hit my clothes. I'm just going to chill for a little bit. So just staying hungry is so important and staying consistent for ultimate success. Yeah, and I've, I've even seen that in our office. Like, I've seen some people, you know, they've made some money and then they chill out, you know. Yeah. Um, so I definitely agree with that 100%. Yeah, I think staying hungry is one big motivator and, you know, success in this job especially. Especially in the solar industry, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it's harder here. I think it's harder to stay hungry because you get so much quicker. Yeah. Sometimes, right? Like, in pester security, you have to be consistent Constantly every single grinding. week to hit 100 grand. Yeah. Like, there is no thoughts. I mean, Nickel, you probably know, even at Vivint Smart Home for door-to-door guys doing security, how many rookies make over 100 grand their first year? Not a lot. Like, Not a lot. Is it, I would say it's 1%. Yeah. Right? Like, literally 1% of rookies make over 100 grand their first year. And I would say in their first year of solar with our company – a large majority of rookies make over a hundred grand. Like yeah, I don't I've seen think a lot of guys that are rookies in our company killing it. <laughs> yeah, like I don't think that's anything super crazy to do. It's nothing super notable. I would say it's at least thirty-five to forty percent of guys do their first year. And I'm not saying two, three, four hundred grand. I'm just saying over a hundred grand. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think the difference is at Vivint Smart Home selling security or selling pest control. If you're gonna make a hundred grand, there is no chance you're taking a week off for four months straight. You will not. Yeah, like make I, it. A big example is my cousin. He's uh, he's setting for me, and I I mean he's as a setter he'll probably clear over 100k this year. So Luis, big shout out to you, man. <laughs> hey, there you go. So I mean that's what's different about solar is genuinely like you can still go to Hawaii for a week and you can do this and that and it can it's only been three months for you really like February, March, and all of April, right? And yeah. still you're already there. You're still a month short of a regular summer, yeah, of a four month summer, and so I think that's super cool and super impressive. I'm curious. I'm sure that everybody wants to hear first your door approach when you're setting and then next your closing approach like your closed deck. Roughly, what's your door approach look like right now? What's your pitch looking like? I'm very direct. Like I'm like I'm hey, I'm following up on the net metering program. I literally straight off that and then I ask for the bill probably like a minute in. I'm just like, hey, these are some of the programs, window tinting, insulation, weather stripping. Solar is the one helping homeowner the mo- you know save the most money. Uh, what we look at is this energy bill. You have that lying around, and then kind of go from there. It's a pretty direct pitch. I, I'm yeah. I don't. I need to work a little bit better on being more, you know, having more of a conversation rather than a pitch on that. But yeah, I try to make it fast because uh, I've noticed a lot of homeowners don't, especially where we're knocking in Santa Clarita. They don't, you know, they're a little bit on the wealthier side. They don't have time to just be sitting on a, you know, in your front door talking. <laughs> totally. And you've probably noticed, did you start in Palmdale or are you always in Santa Clarita? Always in Santa Clarita. Okay. Because when you, even with different neighborhoods though, I'm sure you've seen every neighborhood has a little bit of a different vibe, right? Yeah, very different vibes. Uh, a lot of neighborhoods up here though, like I said, a, the average income up here is like $90,000. Mm-hmm. So it's like these people are, you know, they don't have time to be talking to some guy at the door. Totally. Totally. So you're pretty quick. Yeah. So why are you saying that you need to spend more time on the doors? What do you mean? You said I'm a little bit quick and a little bit direct. I need to like kind of chill I, I, out I feel bit. like I come off very salesy. So mm. I think as I talking, being, making myself more of a human being instead of just a guy knocking door to door saying the same thing over and over. But it sounds like you're having success, though, right? I mean, when you go knock, if you go knock for a seven to eight hour a day, you're going to pull a bill every hour, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If I were to go knocking seven to eight hours a day, I'd pull a bill every hour, hour and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like it's working pretty well for you. And you're, you're, do you have a lot of equipment sit with this? Yeah. 
I sit with most every, so every customer I sit with knows it's about solar. Yeah, so that probably helps a lot too. Do you feel like once you started self-genning, that's when you actually learned how to set a little bit? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I was, like I said, I was setting a lot of appointments before. Uh, once I went to self-genning, it slowed down a little bit more. Obviously, you're the one going to the appointment, so you want to set proper expectations when you're there. Totally. You don't want to waste your own time, almost type of exactly. thing, right? Exactly. Or even embarrass yourself. <laughs> totally, totally. I was just barely down in Florida with the Florida guys two weekends ago, and we were talking to them, and one big thing we realized that they can change is having people self-gen quicker because that always is going to help them learn how to set and close, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes if you're not self-gen, you're not closing, you just start throwing up these oops, like these out, like Hail Marys of, hey, I hope my closer catches this, even though it's an 80-yard <laughs> exactly. bomb or it's in full sprint with three defenders, right? Like, like, even though that's what it feels like for the closer, you think it's going to happen. But when you start self-gen, you're like, oh, okay, like, I should say it like this or yeah. something like that. That's this. one good thing Kate's good at is he, uh, he pushes people to self-gen pretty quickly. That's one good thing. Um, that's, there's not very many good things about Kate, but that's one good thing. <laughs> no, I, a lot of good things, actually, but that's one of the good things that I've noticed that I like that he does. No, Cade's the man. He really has. And even last year, like, I pushed Kate into it fast when he was out with me in Stockton, and he – picked it up. And before that, it seemed like it was kind of a struggle, right? Like sometimes before you start closing, it's, it's kind of hard to get the vibes and the gist of it. But once you do the full thing, you understand all the steps, it seems like. So when you go yep. into a home now, what's your close deck look like? Or from start to finish, walk me through roughly what's going to happen in there. So, I mean, I kind of, I learned my pitch deck off of Tom's. I, I wanted to keep it pretty simple. Um, so I liked the way he did it when he did the training. So I, I did that. Um, I kind of modified mine a little bit. Um, but honestly, when I get into a home, I'm pretty, I'm pretty awkward. Uh, I come off as non-salesy, uh, and I come off as a, as a goofy guy or kid, you know, in here to show you what you guys can access. Um, so I'm not very salesy. Uh, I, I try to talk the first 10, 15 minutes, you know, try to get the ho to know the homeowner a little bit. I'm very awkward, I'll be honest, but I think that's what helps. Um, it makes uh, the homeowner know that I'm not going to pressure them into doing anything they don't want to do and kind of breaks down the walls. Um, what do you mean when you say I, you're pretty awkward? Is it on purpose like, or is it just how you are? Like you just make stupid jokes or what's going yeah, on? Stupid little jokes. I'm a, you can just tell that I don't feel very comfortable. Mm. Um but it's intentional. Because, I've been closing set, you know, self-genning for a little bit, but like two months now, and I still like, I still get a little bit weird or awkward when I get into a home. I, um, but I think that's what breaks down the walls and helps me, you know, connect with that homeowner a little bit better. Hmm. But you're you're but, intentionally yeah, I, being awkward. My, sorry, go ahead. You're intentionally being awkward. I try to be a little bit awkward. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> for sure, it, it breaks down the walls. It just, I can just. I've seen a lot of success with it, um, and I, you know, I, a lot of people like it. I think <laughs> so hmm. far. <laughs> so you just like crack stupid jokes, kind of trying to make small talk that's a little awkward and awkward pauses. Very awkward pauses. I don't. I won't say anything. <laughs> They'll say a comment, and I just go, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh super my gosh, but, dude. that's but awesome. It's, like I've seen a lot of success with it because. It doesn't, I don't seem like I'm a very aggressive salesman. And, you know, I, I become almost like a friend of theirs. Like, I just, I try to be friendly, but awkward. It's just a weird mixture. <laughs> Dude, you know, I've actually mm. seen, there's been so many reps, and in like the nicest way possible, there's been so many reps I've had start. I've taught them how to close, and I thought in my head, dude, there's no way this is going to work. <laughs> you know, honestly. like Because they're too awkward? Yeah, because they're just, you know, quiet or awkward or whatever. It's true. But then they always do it. It always works. And our closed deck kind of forces the deal to get closed, right? It kind of yeah. walks them through everything. So that helps. But I think that's honestly not a bad thing to not be Mr. Selzy, Mr. Talker, you know, whatever sometimes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll be at the end of my pitch deck sometimes and I'll just uh, look at the homeowner and I'll start to close my laptop and they'll go, what's, what's the next step to do this? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, and then I'll open my computer back up and go, oh, yeah, we, uh, we can get you guys, you know, we just have to make sure you guys are paying the bills on time, get, get you guys qualified. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, let's do it. So it's like a very non-pressure, like, hey, I'm just here to show you and educate you what's available. Wow. Do you feel like you took that on because your area is a little more saturated with solar salesmen and you just wanted to separate yourself? or? I, I feel like I, I honestly, 
it was because I was very awkward at the beginning. Uh-huh. I didn't know what I was talking about, and I was like, not like I said, I wasn't very confident. So I started to just play that role as I got better, and I've so far I've had so you know success on it. So like the eighteen kilowatt system I sold, um, you know the the big reason they went with me over anybody else because they had a lot of you know. Uh, quotes is he's like you you didn't sell me i just you just showed me what i could access and show you show me what I, you know how much money i could save and i love it <laughs> yeah, let the customer buy right that is freaking awesome dude that's funny so then you're going through the closed deck so you do use the deck when you close though you use your computer you yeah. use the deck you show them all the slides walk through it with them is there yep. any slides that you hit on harder than others um biggest slides i hit on are um the they're I mean they're what they're spending yearly. Um, I've noticed most homeowners they'll look at this twelve months and they'll go, wow, that's how much I'm spending on power because a lot of homeowners don't know they don't you know they don't care they don't look at the bill. Mm. Um, I sh- you know a lot on the kilowatt hours and how many kilowatt hours they're using and then um, a lot on the net meter as well like you know the red bar graph and then the yellow one. Um, I use that a lot. Um, so just to make them feel comfortable knowing, Hey, the system size is big enough. You guys can live your life comfortably, you know, use the AC, you know, whatever there's an offset. Um, but yeah, those are the, the 12 month and then the net meter ones are the ones I hit hard on. Yeah. I think that those ones are always some of the most positive. I think that so many reps can try and rush through those. And I've noticed if the homeowner doesn't really understand what they're paying already and doesn't really know what that looks like, then there's almost no point in going forward. Have you noticed yeah. that? It's almost like you might as well stop. Yeah, and that's where uh, the like the the other slides like you still want them to understand the slides, but those two slides, the net meter and how many hours they use, and then the what they're paying, uh, I think those are big slides to hit on because homeowners don't know what they're paying. Like I said, you want to build pain on that, mm-hmm. um, and then you want to obviously make sure that they feel know that their system is going to be big enough for their their needs, you know, they're not going to have a bill for medicine. They're not going to have those four stories that, you know, a lot of other companies will what, do. What kind of things are you saying to build that pain? Um, I mean, the, a big thing is just like letting them know that they don't have to turn off the AC during the summer months. Like right now, the last two days, it's like, well, it's like a hundred degrees right now. Jeez. Uh, so, I mean, I just build pain on like, you guys will be able to run the AC whenever like you have a, I like to build my systems a little bit bigger. So, 10% offset and above most of the time. Um, and so I, I, you know, I let them know, Hey, you guys will be able to live life comfortably. You won't have to worry about ever having to turn it off. Um, and you'll be paying a lot less than what you're paying with Edison. So just building pain on like the bill with Edison going up over time and then also saving a ton of money, just going completely renewable energy and still having enough energy, not having those four stories. Yeah, I think that's really valuable. I think that if you just solve those concerns and really hit on the pain of, dude, you're already paying for this. Why are you paying so much? Why don't you pay less? Look, you're going to get more for less, right? Exactly. And I think oftentimes in communication, pauses are critical, right? Like you have to take breaks and let things sink in with people. And those are perfect slides that you have to share and then pause and let there be silence. Let that sink in. Sometimes, since we know what's coming next, we think we should progress fast, mm. right? Yeah, I, I normally stop on that slide and I go, you know, do you guys understand this? Does this seem right? And every single time they're like, yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> and they'll point to the summer months, September, August, and go, yeah, that's, that's my highest bill right there. And I'm like, yep. There you go. And you can't be questioning. Like, you have to say, look, this is straight from your power bill. This is 100%, your home. hundred percent, that's what you say, yep. I always go, this is exactly what we scanned in. Um, this is your guys' last 12 months. Like, does this seem correct? Just to make sure they understand. And, you know, I think one time it, it was completely off. But other than that, it, you know, that person actually checked every single bill and had like a a spreadsheet about it. So, yeah. <laughs> but every, every homeowner, most, like 99% of homeowners will not have a spreadsheet. <laughs> totally. And they're always shocked. You always have to show them that and let them know and make sure your guys get their verbal recognition. Like, get, yep. like, a verbal, like, yes, that is crazy. I see that, right? Yep. Don't just think, oh, yeah, they heard me. They didn't say anything. They didn't nod. They didn't make any emotions. So I'm just going to move on. Like, if they're not making emotion during the deck or during the slides, make them make emotion. Yep. Whatever that is. And which, Mikkel, you're always good at. I mean, you're sharp. You're witty. And that's what's 
I mean, that's what you got you this far already, right? So you're gonna keep on doing those things. At the end of your deck, do you ever put pressure on or is it always pretty nonchalant? Um, obviously, if I've sat with a customer multiple times, like this 18 kilowatt system, I sat with him twice. Um, and so the second time he's like, I think we just need one more day. And I'm like, well, I'm already here. You know, the next step is pretty simple. We just send someone out to check the roof. And he just looked at his wife and he's like, sure, let's just get it done then. And so we got it done. I mean, I'll, I'll put pressure when I feel like it's necessary, but you know, very rarely it, so I feel like solar almost, it always sells itself if you, you know, uh, put it up correctly. Yeah. So your baby soft close where you just close the laptop, what percentage of sits are you doing that in? Um, don't tell me a hundred, dude. I'm going to be shocked. No, I'll, I'd probably say about 60, 70. Okay. I'm not, yeah, I do it up quite a bit and, I mean, I, I feel like I, my sit-to-close ratio is pretty good. So, I mean, it's, it's worked so far. <laughs> so what, do you, what are your closes? Sorry. No. What, are your, what are your closes for the other, like, 30%? Uh, I'm a little bit – I just bring it up. I'm like, yeah, the next step we're just going to do is uh, get you guys uh, qualified, make sure you guys are paying the bills on time. So I just bring it up myself. Mm. Um, if I feel like that me and the homeowner are connected pretty well and it's going to be – you know, that's the next step they want to take. Just kind of feel you can out. always tell during the, the pitch deck if, if they're, you know, asking a lot of questions. And, you know, I one of the things I also do towards the end of the deck is I always show the offset. I always look at it and go, you think the 12% offset is going to be more, you know, enough power for your guys' lifestyles? It can change. Are you guys getting an electric car? Are you getting um, an add-on or, you know, a hot tub or a pool or anything? And if, you know, if they go, yeah, we're going to get an electric car, I think we need one more panel or two more panels. I think that that make our lives you know, you know, better. Um, then that's when I put the pressure on at the end. I'm like, all right, well, the next step is simple. Let's just get you guys access. So if they answer that question with that, yeah, I think two panels or something like that, that's when I go, yeah, let's, uh, that, you know, the next step, let's get you qualified. So you kind of play it by ear. That's all I was going to say. You kind of just play it by ear. You kind of just see how it feels and then you have a few different options at the end. Correct. That's yep. cool. I love it, man. I think that you've, I've already learned a lot from you, Mick. I think this is a super valuable call. And I want everybody else to try and ask some, answer some questions or ask some questions to get them answered. So, guys, we're going to open up the last couple of minutes for some questions from Mikkel. If you guys have any questions or comments to throw in here or if you just want to add anything we've already talked about, feel free. But please unmute and turn your camera on so we can see who you are and ask away. Yeah, this is Bailey. Um, I'm actually driving to Bakersfield right now, so I, I don't know, I can put my camera on if you want. That's fair. That's but, hey, there we go. Cool. There we go. But um, for question for him, um, so when you present him for the 110 percent offset, like plus whatever it may be, what's a normal reaction you kind of get? Because my last, my my first two sets, um, I kind of presented a big, you know, kind of a bigger offset percentage for them, and it kind of like felt like it was unnecessary. So what, not only what kind of reaction do you get, but what else do you kind of like ease um, other than telling them you can save them, you know, you're, they can live comfortably. Like what kind of like, you, what kind so of route do you take necessarily? I, I, I kind of take a weird route on it. I, I take uh, a weird route on it. I, uh, I tell them that, you know, we're obviously, you know, licensed out by the state because I'm not lying by saying that we are licensed out to come, you know, we're a licensed company. So, I, you know, and I let them know, Every system has to have an offset um, just because it's going to benefit the state of California because you're producing extra power for the state. Um, and so other homeowners can take advantage of the power that you produce that you, do, you know, um, that you produce. Um, and then I also let them know that they're getting a check for medicine. If they don't use that extra power, they'll get a check. I let them know they're not going to get rich. They'll probably make anywhere from, you know, 50 to 150 bucks extra for that extra power. But um, I'm like, I always let them know, if you don't use it, you at least get a check for medicine. And then if, if you do use it, you're living your life a little bit more comfortably. What's up, boys? I think... Sorry, Bailey, I can't hear you. You're on mute. Oh, my bad. So you're when you, mute. yeah, sorry. So normally when you say, um, yeah, you go turn on the AC whenever you want one and off. Do they ever ask you like, uh, well, how many panels is exactly do I need? Or do you just kind of assume they need this amount? Uh, I always, like I, I build a deck bef like with everything beforehand. So I have everything ready. 
Um, like obviously we have the bill and everything. So I, I always build it with a eight percent, like I said, 10 to 8% above what they're using. Like I said, I just say, Hey, it's since we're, you know, working, you know, hand in hand with the city and stuff, we want to make sure you guys have enough power for the neighborhood and stuff as well. Um, so, I mean, I let them know that the reason why we're doing an offset is because it's going to benefit the state of California, but it also benefits them because they're paying a lower bill. So I just make it sound like it's beneficial for the city and beneficial for them. Awesome. There we go. Great. What other questions do we have? I think Curtis has a question. Curtis. Yeah. Um, so I'm in the transition right now from going from setting to uh, doing some self-gen closing. And I was just curious what other tip just for making that transition, making it smoothly. I've, I've been out here for about two weeks now. Um, so I'm, I'm still still kind of learning everything, but um, just, just excited to get closing and trying to figure out what would be some key things to study extra hard and just to be successful. I mean, I, I practice the deck as much as possible with someone in your office. Um, go through it, mm -hmm. like I said. I think being confident in what you're talking about is a big thing. Um, like I said, that's where I've seen a lot of success. I don't say I'm a lot. I don't stop a lot. I'm, I'm very, like, very smooth through the whole pitch. I'm a little awkward, like I said, and that helps me. Obviously, everyone's different. Um, but I make sure the homeowner understands every slide before I move on to the next one, uh, and I'm slow. I don't try to make it a fast pitch. Uh, I Everyone I tell that I set as far as like appointments, I tell them it's only going to be a five to ten minute appointment. Almost every single sit is an hour. Um, you know, I, so it, you just got to be slow and let the homeowner understand. Like you're you're not you know understand every single um, slide because you're not in a hurry. I mean, you shouldn't feel in a hurry. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yep. Nickel, what up, dude? Um, I, have a, I have a question if someone can hear, if you guys can hear me. Tori, go yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, I'll hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, so um, I have a Spanish deal that I need to go by tomorrow. Or I'm sorry, today. It's actually today that I'm going to go by. And um, I gave them the papers to read through because they didn't have emails and they don't want to get set up for an emails. But I gave them the papers to read through. And like I said, they only speak Spanish. So what's the best way to go about that? And I is it Mikkel? Is that is that how you say your name? Yeah. Yeah. So what's the best way to go about that, would you say? Uh, you don't have any Spanish speakers in your office? No, I'm the one who I spoke. I speak Spanish, so I went and tried to close them on it. But they wanted to read the papers first. Like the which papers? Um, the one with all the information, like a lowdown of everything they're going to get themselves into before they sign. Probably like the, the installation, the CPUC. I'm guessing those ones, the loan doc stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, with Spanish yeah. speakers, like I, I've been very lucky. Um, they spoke a little bit of English or understood it a little bit. And so I would just, I just, I just would point out the important parts. Like the first page, I let them know, Hey, I did this in the language you understand Spanish. Um, and then I, you know, have them sign off second page. I just let them know, um, that they still have a monthly. I'm not lying to them. This isn't free. Um, they're still going to pay a monthly bill. And that's what that page is all about. Third page is the, three days to cancel. Um, like you have three days uh, to cancel if you want to cancel. And I always make a joke. Obviously, we wouldn't be doing this if you guys were going to cancel this. Um, and then uh, the fourth page, I just say, it just make sure that we went over the first three pages with you. Um, and then they signed that. Uh, everything else is pretty, like you can explain it pretty simple. It's just like, hey, you control your own email, right? So I don't know. I just explain it to them. Uh, I don't read every single page. I tell them that the CPUC is just a bunch of information, um, and if they want to read it word for word, they can on their own time. Um, but the first four pages are what are going to portray to them, and then we go over the solar document at the bottom. And I show them, hey, this is how many panels you're getting. Um, I show them the cost of the system, and then I show them the warranties, and then I show them that the company's licensed out. So with Spanish speakers, I feel like they're pretty basic if you just hit on the key points of what they're getting. Awesome. Thank you.
also to help you out, if you go, if it's an Empower deal, you can send a Spanish contract. Is that what you're trying to do? Sorry, you're breaking up a little bit. What was that? Are you trying to send a Spanish contract? So the I already gave them the papers. I dropped it off to them, and they are read they read through it all. And I'm going to stop by later today, and so I'm just kind of wondering what the best way because obviously I haven't. It's like my first self genning kind of a situation, so I'm just kind of figuring out what the best way to go about it is. All right. Um, hey, I'm Tori, watch that. Jay, call you in a minute and teach you how to send a Spanish contract. I think. Yeah, I'll call Tori, you after this, Tori. Is that the one I was trying to chase down, Tori? Sorry, I can hear you, Jake. What was that? Is that the one I was trying to chase down the other day? Yes, it was. Yeah, I can. I'll I'll send you a little screen share or a screen recording of how to do it. That would be great. I'll call you after, Jake. I got one for you, Mickle. If you're ready, go for it. Let me uh, turn my camera on here. I'm driving, so hopefully I'll crash. But um, what advice, Mickle, would you give to younger reps who are new to this? Because I had conversations with you, and you're like, dude, I hate this. Like, I, I absolutely hate this job. Like, it can be extremely... It can just be taxing on, on your emotions. We always joke up here, like, this job can just make a grown man freaking cry. Dude. So what advice would you give to younger reps when even yourself, you were like, dude, I don't think I can act this. Um, it, was, it was really tough for you. Um, how, how did you keep going, and what would you tell someone who's in that same spot? Um, I think, like, the biggest thing is um, kind of put your emotions aside. Like, you, you're – you came out already. You're this far out here. Like you just need to do it. Like, I, I, I know that's kind of harsh, but in, in a way, like that was one big thing for me. It's like, I was already out here. I'd already quit my job. Um, obviously I could have gone back, but I think the biggest thing was like, I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do this. I wanted to be uncomfortable. Um, so I did it. So I came out here, I was uncomfortable. And so I just kind of faced it. I was like every single day, I, I even some days, like I still don't, love knocking um it, it's a really uncomfortable thing um so i mean it, the feelings never go away personally um so i just think it i mean it's just a it's its own demon you just got to keep going um you can't stop and like i like the biggest thing is just be consistent always knock you know like one big thing for me is like i like if i'm gonna go knock all day i start knocking at 11 and i knock until three take a lunch and I'm consistent when I'm knocking, right? Don't just stop knocking for an hour after you've gotten one bill and, you know, go sit in the car and stuff. Like, keep going. Like, one big thing is after you pull one bill, you're hot. So keep, you know, go pull another one. Cool. Thanks, Dad. Of course. I love it. Um, any other questions for Mikkel? I don't know if Kaiden had a question if he was just trying to help out. Kaiden, did you have a question or were you just trying to give an answer? Yeah, no, I got a question for Mikkel. First of all, Mikkel, you're the man, dude. I love having you in the region. I love the culture that you bring, dude. You bring a ton of energy. Sick kid. Your hair's kind of weird, dude. But <laughs> other than that, you're super cool. No, I need to anyway, dude, I was wondering, I was wondering what kind of attitude you're bringing into the summer, dude. May 3rd is Monday, first day of the summer. We got four, five super good months just to grind straight through. What's your plan of attack? Or have you thought about it? I mean, what are you thinking on changing or doing or not changing or doing when the summer hits officially on Monday? Um, I haven't really thought about it, but one big thing for me is I want to knock a lot more. Uh, I know I have setters. I have four setters coming out in the next couple weeks. Um, and I, But I want to also knock a lot more. So, you know, I'm like the time that I have, like if I have an hour or two, I'm going to go knock. Like I want to I want to put a lot more knocking in my schedule for summer, you know, knock a lot later, um, you know, until it's dark and stuff. That's right now. One thing that I'm working on. What's your earnings goal on the year? Did we already talk about that? I might've missed it. Yeah. 500. Half a million dollar man. Okay, dude, I can totally see it happen. That's sick. 
I love it. I love it. And that's a great question. And actually, I'm glad that Karen asked that question because if you're on this call, you should be thinking about that. Like the summer's coming up. We got to change gears and really put it in fifth at this point and go for it because this is kind of like the time where you make your money. This really is it. We have time for one more question. Anything else you want to ask Michael before we wrap up? Yeah, I got a question. Oh, never mind. Go ahead, whoever's going to ask that. Hey, so I just want to ask you, you mentioned about knocking in like wealthier neighborhoods. Yeah. And that's like my nemesis right now. Like I'm trying to figure it out. So has it been like just getting to solar as fast as you can as that and then winning the solar conversation, like just overcoming their objections or how, what has helped you out when you're knocking like in the wealthier stuff? You know, I try to make us a little bit sound a little bit different than private companies. So when I come around, I, especially out here, uh, I let them know if, you know, they're, they're like, yeah, I've already talked to the solar companies. Thanks. Um, I'm like, Oh, wait, this is very different than the private companies. Um, you know, we we're helping you guys get access to the, you know, state and government funded programs that are no cost to homeowners. So you guys aren't paying anything out of pocket. There's no upfront fees for this. Um, so I let them, I try to separate us a little bit. You know, I try to make sure that they understand we're not, you know, the private companies coming around. Cool. I like that. Awesome. And then did we have one last question? Did somebody else? Did we have two for yeah, one? Yeah, it was me, but if we don't have time for it, it's good. No, Cade, there's always time for you, brother. Oh, it's Cade. Now we got to wrap up, dude. Oh, it was good having you guys. <laughs> Um, I'm not trying to put Mick on the hot seat or uh, give out any personal information, but um, I room with Mickle, and there has been, I mean, we've talked a lot about Mickle's success, but it has not come easy by any means, Mickle. Um, yeah, I and I think that's a lot of this job is people think that it just kind of comes to everybody. And if it was like that, then the entire state of California would be working for the company, right? This job isn't for everybody and it's a hard job. So my question for you is kind of like a, a leading question for those that are struggling is like, what actual things did you do to get over struggling times? Like what were actual practical things you did on a day-to-day basis when you didn't want to get out of the car or when you came home and you got completely destroyed on the doors? Like what was something that you consciously were doing when you were having those difficult times? Yeah, uh, I was, like I said, I've said, I mean, I'm very lucky. I, I have you as a roommate. You're my manager. You always, you know, were really good at bringing me back up when I had bad days. Obviously, that didn't always help. Um, but I took every single day as a new day. Um, so every day I would, like, leave the day, the last day. Like, if I got destroyed the day before, got no bills or got no closes, I would start off the day fresh. Um, like I said, I was, I'm wearing a routine, so I'd just start off with my day, my same routine and um, go out and knock. Um, every door was a new door, a new opportunity to be able to close someone. So I think looking at every day is, um, you know, putting your bad days behind you and moving forward is, is something that really helped me. Uh, I would just leave the, the days that I was struggling with behind. I put them away and the next day was going to be my day. So that was a big thing for me. Having a girlfriend helps too, right? Or Yeah, that also helps. <laughs> Hey, Jake, can I add one more thing to that before we wrap it up? Throw it in. Um, Mickle's, a, Mickle's a humble guy. I think the difference between him and someone else that's struggling is, I mean, the, the, I've literally talked to the kid till 1230 about solar. Like he is, I mean, pillow talk is usually like fun conversations. This kid's just picking my brain on solar. He's trying to like write down things that he could have done better. Like the first couple weeks, like it was a, it was a really, really weird transition for Mickle and he did what was necessary. I think everybody has the difficulties, but only certain people are willing to do what's necessary to get over those difficulties. And Mickle was like a great example to that. So, um, and just big shout out to Mickle. But if you're going through the same stuff, like do what's necessary to get better, right? There's no reason just struggling on a day-to-day basis to not do anything to fix it. Totally. I think that there's so much to be said there. And guys, one practical practice you can do is Mickle said it best. He said, forget about the day before. What you should do, I just read this in the book, literally last week, a leadership book, is if you had a bad day, take a sticky note and write down everything that was negative that your day ha- that happened in your day. Write it all down, express it, and then crumple it up and throw it away. And then move on and go to bed. Right? And the next day it doesn't exist type of thing to you. Like, 
it's one of those like, kind of object lesson type things you can do to move on because Mikkel's good at that, but sometimes we're all not good at that. And so I love that question, Kate. I love those answers, Mikkel. Guys, thank you so much for everyone being on the call. Mikkel, it was great to have you, dude. You're the man. Thank you. We're stoked to have you part of the company and part of the RIP region, and we're looking forward to see what the rest of the year has in store for you. Sounds good, guys. Thank All right. You guys. We'll catch you guys next week on the Closer Success Call. For once in a lifetime, you need to never stop improving. The constant focus on individual growth. How will you be financially free? Welcome to the Empower Podcast.